the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. All of us as believers should desire to reach this point with the Spirit of God where we step out into the deep kind of thing. And we give control of our lives and control of our will and control of everything to the Lord and just completely surrender and yield to Him and just kind of go along with where He's going, what He's doing. And I'm just, you know, swimming with the current. Let go and let God seems to be a popular saying in today's Christian culture. Have you contemplated what this could mean in regards to the Spirit of God? Pastor Dan will continue his message today describing more about the river and the landscape around it. He also explains how and why some things will be brought back to life because of this river. The Lord promises the Israelites that there will be a recovery of all things good. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit and see what amazing journey unfolds. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Bible describes three relationships or three experiences with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus said to his disciples, the spirit dwells with you and will be in you. So that's two, ex- two experiences that we have with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will dwell, the Holy Spirit dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Jesus said this before his death and resurrection. The Spirit dwells with you presently, he says to his disciples, and will be in you in the future. Before we were born again, the Holy Spirit was with us, or alongside of us, convicting us of our sin, convicting us of our need to repent, convicting us of our need to put our trust in Jesus Christ convicting us of the righteousness of God and our unrighteousness, convicting us of God's judgment. And then when we finally repented of our sin and trusted Christ, at that point we were born again and the Holy Spirit of God came to dwell in us. So the Holy Spirit was with us, alongside us, before we were saved and now dwells in us once we believe and are born again. In John chapter 20, verse 22, after the resurrection, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, they received the Holy Spirit. If Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit began to dwell in the disciples at that point. And the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer in Jesus Christ. 
But then Jesus goes on to speak of a third experience with the Holy Spirit. He spoke of the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer to empower them, to be witnesses for him. A couple verses that we can look at for this. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is after the resurrection and just before he ascends to heaven. So this is one of the last things Jesus says to his disciples. But you shall receive power. The word is dunamis. We get the word dynamite or dynamic from this word. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, Jesus had already breathed on the disciples at this point. They've already received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in them. But now he tells them about the Holy Spirit coming upon them and them receiving power. By the Holy Spirit coming upon them to be witnesses for Christ. This is a different thing. Now in Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 verse 49. Again this is after the resurrection. And just before the ascension back to heaven. Jesus says to his disciples. Behold. I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Until you are endued with power. From on high. He tells the disciples, wait here in Jerusalem. Don't do anything. Wait until you're endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father. Now they have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them at that point. But Jesus says, I don't want you to do anything. Don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to wait here until you're endued with power from on high. When are they endued with power? At Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's poured out upon them. And they're endued with power. A couple other verses. Ephesians 5, 18 tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in the present tense, meaning be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time event. It's something we should desire continually. John the Baptist, at his baptism, he said of Jesus, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me, speaking of Jesus, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Just as John immersed in water, Jesus immerses in the Holy Spirit. So there, there is this baptism with the Holy Spirit, this third experience with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus spoke of rivers of living water flowing out of the heart of the believer. And John tells us that Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit causing rivers of living water to flow out of the heart of the believer. And here in chapter 47, I love this. Look at the chapter again. Look at the verses we just read, verses 3 to 5. Here in chapter 47, you have this progression with Ezekiel going deeper and deeper into this river until it's so deep he can't stand up and all he can do is swim. And I love this because this progression here, it depicts the experience of many believers with the Holy Spirit. Now, when a person's a brand new believer, they're new to Christ, they're a new believer, and everything's kind of new to them, they have this new life in Christ, they're trying to understand things, they're trying to understand what it means to walk in the Spirit, 
figure that out. How do I do that? What does it mean to walk in the spirit? How do I walk in the spirit? And for a brand new believer, this is sometimes what their experience is like. Or for someone who maybe has been a believer for a long time, they've been a Christian for a long time, but they've come out of a church that never talked about the Holy Spirit or the ministry or work of the Holy Spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit was ignored and never heard about it. And yet they read these passages in the Bible that we talked about. And there's a part of them that says, I want all that God has for me. If there's more, I want the more. But they're cautious. Because it's new. And it's unfamiliar. And so it may be a new believer. Or it may be someone who's been a believer for a long time. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, for a lot of people, they just they just kind of step into the river just a little bit, right? I'm interested. If God's got more for me, I want the more. If there's something to this, I want to experience it. I don't want to miss anything the Lord may have. And they step into the river, but at first it's just kind of up to their ankle. (laughs) Just going to get my toe wet here. Just sort of see what it's like and test the waters a little bit. My father-in-law, my wife's dad, He was in a church that just never talked about the Holy Spirit. And I remember him telling me that he and a friend just from reading the scriptures thought there's got to be more. And so they went to a Pentecostal service and they kind of went to the other extreme. And I think he said they left early because they thought, well, there's more. This can't be it. Right. Kind of like, I don't want this. It was too much. They went too deep, too fast. Right. Kind of thing. But there is this thing with the Holy Spirit sometimes in our lives as a believer, especially as a new believer, kind of new to this, where, you know, you want you want to step in, but you don't want to step in too far because that way you still have control. It's really about control. And I can go up to my ankles and I can always step back up on shore where it's safe. If I'm uncomfortable with what's happening here, it's nothing dangerous happening. But then as time passes, they go a little deeper with the Holy Spirit and they go up to their knees. Now they have a little less control and the Holy Spirit has a little more control over their life. But they still have enough control over their life that they feel safe. They don't feel unsafe here. There's enough control there. They're just up to their knees. Then they go a little bit deeper. They go a little bit further and they go up to their waist. And at this point, it's half and half. The Holy Spirit has half the control and they have half the control. You ever try to cross a river that is up to your waist and if the water's moving really fast, it, it can be a little unsettling. And you can struggle to keep your footing and to stay on your feet. And you're afraid of being swept away by the current. And for some people, when it comes to surrendering control of their lives to the Lord and surrendering control to the Holy Spirit, they kind of have that fear of like, if I do this, I might get swept away. If I give up control, what's going to happen? And they're afraid to take another step with it. Well, then finally, they reach the point where they cannot touch bottom and the water is over their head and they have to swim for it, right? They, they're at this point now in verse 5, where the water's too deep, it says. Water in which one must swim. It's your only option. You can't touch the bottom. At this point now, the person is being carried along by the flow of the river. And they have no control. The river has control. 
(laughs) And this is the point in the Christian life when we really surrender control of the Holy Spirit. We completely yield control to the Holy Spirit. Where it's, it's no longer ankles, it's no longer up to my knees, it's no longer my thighs, it's not my way, it's no longer 50-50 here. Where the, the current is taking me and I'm just, I'm just swimming along with it, just going along with the flow of it. This is the point in the Christian's life where they become spirit-controlled. And they are truly just walking in the spirit now. All of us as believers should desire to reach this point with the spirit of God where we step out into the deep kind of thing. And we give control of our lives and control of our will and control of everything to the Lord and just completely surrender and yield to him and just kind of go along with where he's going, what he's doing. And I'm just, you know, swimming with the current. Allowing the Holy Spirit to decide. And allowing the Holy Spirit to direct and control. It's scary. It's scary at first. I don't want to give up that control. It doesn't feel safe. But this is really what we should all desire. Is to be to the point where it's over our head. It's too deep. All I can do now just swim for it. Just try to keep up with, with the Holy Spirit and what He's doing, where He's taking me. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So now verse 6, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? To which Ezekiel, I'm sure, thought, probably not. Because all of this has been a great surprise to me so far. So what you got? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, was very many trees on one side and the other. So there's trees surrounding this river. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters the sea, probably the the Kidron Valley, which flows all the way down to the Dead Sea currently, by the way. It flows down in the valley, enters the sea. That's the Dead Sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. So this river goes from the temple in Jerusalem And it flows down to the Dead Sea. And Ezekiel notices, first of all, the many trees that are growing on both sides of the river. If you're familiar with the geography of that area, this river is flowing through the Judean desert. It's all desolate desert today. There's not very many trees at all. It's all rocks. But during the kingdom age, it will flow through this desert, the Judean desert, And it will bring life to the desert. 
And it will fulfill a prophecy in Isaiah 35 verse 1 where it says, speaking of the kingdom age, even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring flowers. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. He's going to cause the wilderness to bloom and blossom. During the kingdom age. The land's going to be transformed. And again remember. Ezekiel. He's receiving this vision. He's in Babylon. Among the Jewish people that are there in captivity. They know. That when you come out of Jerusalem. And right over the Mount of Olives. That it's all desert. It just it turns into desert. Right over the hill. All the way down to the Dead Sea. Just harsh, harsh conditions. And to read that it's all going to be these beautiful lush trees all the way down to the Dead Sea. The desert's going to bloom with life and abundance as a display. It says in Isaiah 35, as a display of God's glory and splendor. And not only that, look at the verses again. It says, the river will heal the waters of the Dead Sea. Verse 9 says, and it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be, let's look at verse 10. For those of you that like fishing, it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi. To in Eglame, and they will be places for the spreading of their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the Great Sea. That's the Mediterranean Sea. Exceedingly many. The Dead Sea will be healed. It will be brought back to life. It will teem with fish. And we're told here that men will fish from in Gedi to in Eglame. In Eglame, if that's down near Qumran, where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Go up, and there's a waterfall, and you hike up higher, and there's a second waterfall, even higher up, and you can turn around, and you can see the Dead Sea right there, down kind of this, this valley uh, where En Gedi sits. And you can see the, the Dead Sea. But it's, it's desert. It's harsh, harsh desert. And it's going to blossom and bloom. And it's going to have an abundance of life. And we're told here that people will fish in the Dead Sea near Engedi. What an incredible miracle. This will be. That God will bring the Dead Sea back to life. You know, our God can make dead things alive. He did that with you. And he did that with me. We're told that you and I, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God made us alive through Jesus Christ. And then not only did he make us alive, spiritually alive, he made our lives fruitful. He made our lives abundant. These are lives that were once just barren for God. He made them abundant. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He gives us an abundant life now. 
So he does the same thing in our lives. So verse 11 then goes on to tell us that, but its swamps and marshes of the Dead Sea will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. So there still will be some salt along the, the swamps and marshes surrounding the Dead Sea. So you'll, you know, you'll still be able to float in the Dead Sea you know, and put the mud on. You just got to go over into the marshy area, I guess, to get it. But that'll still be available to you during the kingdom age. Verse 12, along the bank of the river on this side and that side will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. That's some trees, isn't it? Every month they're going to have fruit because their waters flow from the sanctuary. Abundant life. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Again, conditions during the kingdom age will return to Eden-like abundance, just like we see in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. And really what God is doing, he's, he's restoring what was lost by the fall. Remember, the abundance of Eden and all of the trees and all of the fruit and all of the vegetation. And we see this here now in the kingdom age. The fruit from the trees will be perpetual. They'll be year-round. They'll be for food. The leaves will be for medicine and for healing. And then now coming into verse 13, the Lord describes the borders of the land of Israel and the kingdom age. Now remember, this is being told to Ezekiel who's in captivity and all the Jewish people are in captivity in Babylon. Their country has been destroyed. Jerusalem has been burned to the ground. The temple's been destroyed and burned to the ground. They're slaves. Their nation, their country is a wasteland. And to have these precious promises from God about their future. That's why the Bible tells us to set our hearts on things above where Christ is and not on the things of this world. You know, same prescription for us in the world that we're living in and the times that we're living in. To set our hearts and minds on Christ and eternity with him. Verse 13, thus says the Lord God, these are the borders by which you shall divide the land as an inheritance. Notice, among the 12 tribes of Israel, Joseph shall have Two portions. It mentions here the land's going to be divided among the 12 tribes of Israel. If you remember, after King Solomon died, there's a civil war that takes place in Israel. The nation splits into two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom that became known as Israel, made up of 10 tribes. And there's the southern kingdom called Judah, which was two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, And they never reunify again. Eventually, the northern kingdom of Israel is conquered by the Assyrians and taken off into captivity, and they're gone. They disappear. They're gone. They're just, they're taken by the Assyrians. Those 10 tribes, they're gone. So you've just got Judah and Benjamin in the south. And then 136 years later, after the northern kingdom is conquered, the southern kingdom's conquered. By the Babylonians and destroyed. And so now though we're told in the kingdom age. The nation of Israel will be reunited as one nation. The twelve tribes will be brought together as one nation. And the land will be divided up once again among the twelve tribes. He asked me how I know. And I say it brings truer than the finest crystal. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.